The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Now it's time to talk about everything dogs, cats, and other domestic animals. This is Animal Talk. Here's Dr. Dan Lang on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS with Dr. Dan Lang here. I'm Connor McCarthy on a beautiful afternoon, right around 70 degrees here in St. Louis. Uh, sunny. Dr. Lang, I'm sure this meant more work for you this morning and this weekend uh, and in general. What Before we get started, of course, we need we need an update on the animals and how things are going back on the farm. Well, we kind of had a little scare yesterday. We, uh, My wife and I go to church on 4 o'clock on Saturday, and we're only seven minutes from the church, but as we were maybe two minutes from the house, a neighbor called, and he said there was a fox in our neighborhood. Oh. And what we were worried about is that periodically we let the chickens out. They have like a 50 by 20 foot area, but they've trod over it so much it's pretty much just dirt. And so we'll let them out into the yard or the woods a little bit to kind of stimulate them. And here we had 17 chickens out. And, the and there's a fox the on fox. the loose, yes. fox in the hen house. Uh. So it was a little scary. We got there, and I immediately went in the in the back part. And the, we have a little dog named Frankie, and he's a Cairn Terrier, and he was barking his head off, and I think he scared the fox off because we counted the okay. chickens. At first, we couldn't find all of them, but we thought, you know, maybe the fox would – could have taken one or two. Usually we see feathers scattered and all that, and we did not see that. So oh. so Frankie saved well, the day. Good. He got a little extra food last night, and now he's got a big head about it. So now he thinks anytime he barks, he should get fed more. He, so. Right. That's the, that's the <laughs> risk you run, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have a rooster? Do the, is that what the roosters are supposed <clears throat> to do? Are they supposed to protect the rest of the flock? Well, the problem is the rooster will attack my wife and I, but he just doesn't have the guts to attack oh, another the real animal. threat. The real <laughs> right. threat, right? So I don't. I don't think he's really doing his job. Okay. Well, at least Frankie, the dog, was able to yep. step in. Frankie saved the day. So. Saved the day. Uh, actually, doing some work, uh, earning his yeah. earning his keep, as it were. Indeed, as it were. All right. Uh, we got a good show for you here today. Uh, to start to open things up, we've talked before, Doctor Lang, about uh, you know. Whether you should own a pet in a small environment, apartment, uh, you know, I've certainly lived in apartments uh, for most of my adult life, and I've always wondered, you know, should I really have a dog here? Should I have this here with me in this small space? I know they like big spaces normally. They like to run around. They like to be outside. Uh, You've done a bit of research here. What have you found for us? Well, just for fun, I know a lot of people, maybe some of the listeners, live in an apartment, and a lot of them, either you have to pay extra money for a dog or cat, or mm-hmm. they just don't allow it at all. And I know some people will sneak a, a dog or cat into the apartment. I've known people so, that have, okay, that we have won't done name that. Any names, I won't we? name them in case. <laughs> is there a law? Is there a statute of limitations? Uh, but yeah, right. uh, certainly it's been, it's been known to happen. And so an uh, article caught my eye, and this particular author, and I pretty much agree with a lot of it, he had the 12 best exotic pets. And again, when we say it's exotic, it's something other than a dog or a cat. Mm. And so 
even if even if it's not that exotic necessarily it's just not a dog or a cat not a dog or cat and it would be suitable so you can imagine it may be a smaller size than a dog or cat to be in the apartment and so some of the there were a couple that kind of caught me off guard and so i'll name the ones you could probably think of but you know in the recent past we've talked about rabbits and rabbits are good because they like be held with people be cuddled that type of thing and then another one was ferrets, and again, like ferrets, they're, I think of all the pets, the ferrets are probably the most sociable. So if somebody really wants to interact with the pet, then a ferret may be something to consider. But uh, a couple that kind of caught me off guard was, one was frogs. They thought frogs. Would be good. frogs would be good pets. Okay. Well, I thought in the springtime or the mating season, you know, the, the males would really kind of let it all hang out with their voice, that oh, type of thing. Maybe you only keep female frogs then. Or so, I, yeah, I'm not sure there's an easy way to tell. I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I dissected a frog back in Back in, in high school, school biology, <laughs> right? right? I, cause I, was there a f- section on frogs when you were learning uh, Not in veterinary school? medicine, no. No. Nope. Nope. We didn't have that. So it's even farther pushed farther back, back on than that. that. But anyway, the article said that uh, frogs are a good good pet to have. And then the one that really threw me, and I would mention to my wife before I left, is that they say tarantulas. Tarantulas. Are, are a very good exotic pet. Okay. Well, you know, we, at least me, going to a lot of the movies, especially as a kid, you know, somebody gets bit by a tarantula, it's all over. Oh, you know, it's, the, yeah, the, sure. The person is gone. <laughs> well, interestingly, they said in this article, getting bit by a tarantula is, getting, is like getting bit by a bee, a bee sting. So it hurts a little so bit. It, but it, it hurts, but it's not fatal. Yeah. On the other hand, they mentioned that uh, it probably is not a good idea to handle them. So I don't know how many pet owners would just want to brag, yeah, i got a tarantula in my apartment type of thing. But you right. can't really mess with them. They're good to visualize and see what they do. And I remember all oh, my first or second year of, of practicing when I was in Florissant, we had a tarantula coming in. And, again, this was something, oh, my God, I never had anything like that. Well, I had a withered leg, one of its legs, for some reason. I was injury. I don't remember the history, mm. but it was just a real small digit that mm-hmm. it had, and so we amputated it. Amputated it. <laughs> okay. Well, it all went well, but uh, that's is that the my... only is that the only insect you've ever uh, worked on? I... <laughs> that that is yes. Yeah. And my career was mm-hmm. with that type of animal was over very quickly. Is that a separate specialty <laughs> of vet- veterinary medicine? Do the, I, I mean, we've talked about how many there are, so it feels I leave like it up might... to the zoo guys, the zoo, oh, okay. zoo doctors, yeah. to, to handle that any th- more. I, but as I a young kid, have. I didn't know any better. You know, I got to feed myself. I was single at the time, so mm-hmm. what the heck? But anyway, that was another. Interesting that they were recommended for apartment living sure. is to have tarantulas. And then they mentioned chinchillas, and I have seen a few of those. They are very, very good pets. They're playful. They don't really smell. They sleep during the day, so they're nocturnal. And so I think they're favorable. We talked hedgehogs before, guinea pigs, hamsters, rats, mice, and rabbits. That, okay. You know, so ones you kind of would expect. But yeah. I was kind of intrigued with the tarantulas and the yeah. frogs is apartment pets. Sure. So. Now, with the tarantulas and the frogs, and uh, I'll, I'll throw, I'll, you didn't mention them, but I'll lump in like turtles, those kind of things. Well, it's interesting. You're so good, Connor, you didn't even know. But I have a section, what pets should you avoid in the apartment? Oh, you're going to talk about turtles. And one was the aquatic turtle, aquatic turtle and they said that they... Some of them can get pretty large, and again, I don't know enough to to pursue more information on that. 
but they say sometimes these type of turtles need a 120 gallon aquarium or tank. Well, and that was going to lead. So, that was kind of the you know these things, uh, these these animals, turtles. I, I was going to lump in frogs and tarantulas with them, but I guess they're maybe a little bit smaller. But they need really big spaces, actually, or at least yep. much bigger than you kind of initially think. You yep. know, oh, I'll get a little fish tank, you know, and that'll be good. And it's no, it's not good. You need yep. a huge space. Uh, if you're if they're turtles, you need a heat lamp. You need uh, maybe a little standing water for them if they're not fully aquatic. Yep. That needs to be cleaned. Everything needs to be cleaned. I, I mean, have you? Did you get a lot of turtles when you were uh, in, back throughout all the days? Uh, well, I remember one time a client came in and she was just all upset. One of her kids had gotten a turtle, and. In the past, and maybe rightfully so, reptiles have been blamed for salmonella, which is a bacteria that people can get. Mm-hmm. And so she was concerned with this turtle. Is there going to be some zoonotic public health issue going on? And she brought the turtle in. We had to go ahead and culture its back end. Oh, to so see, see what kind of bacteria if, if any was, had. Sure. And fortunately for all of us, it had a happy ending. We did not see any salmonella. Well, that's good. And the turtle and the family lived happily ever after, and all that. So, well, that's um, great. But that uh, was, I, I haven't done much with turtles, but and then I'll just go ahead and keep going here. I was wondering when I read the first section, the ones to have. You know, why didn't they mention birds? Because I know a lot of people that are fans of, of pet birds, but the ones they were kind of picking on were like macaws or amazons, and these are pretty good sized birds but the thing is they're very vocal and i have had some experience that uh the neighbors would complain quite a bit i don't care how well the walls are between the apartments so sure somebody would complain about that Uh, there was a story uh, about the parrots in the london zoo uh that they 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 had taken some in and they had all learned bad words from wherever (laughs) they were previously and they couldn't get them to stop yelling it and of course people would go to the zoo and encourage this behavior uh I, I think they said they were reintroducing it into the flock, the regular, the rest of the flock. They had they tried to separate them first to see if they would, you know, to not poison the rest right. of the birds. <laughs> now they're going to see if they can learn good behavior from the good behaved birds. Uh, another thing with the parrots, though, and you can tell me if you have any experience with this, and the turtles. I was actually reading about this on my own this week. They both live a really long time, especially yes. by pet standards right maybe not necessarily as long as a you know a human lifespan but if they're well taken care of healthy long-lived you know we could be talking about 50 years for some kinds of turtles and uh parrots and stuff like that so did you have you ever seen that you know someone came in with a bird i've had this for 30 years kind of thing i have and i've read a number of articles where they say that you better, you know, when you fill out your will or whatever, please include the bird as well. <laughs> you have to include I don't care the about bird. all your possessions. Right. Include the bird. And I can tell you just from personal experience, it's funny the things come back to your head, but my first wife, Mary Ann, her folks had a parrot. This was the early 80s, and they passed, so she they gave the bird to Mary Ann. And then Mary Ann passed oh, 12 years ago from ovarian cancer and passed on to her brother he didn't pass, but he couldn't take the bird, and so I took it to one of my technicians. And the bird did pass away a year or two ago, but it was probably 40 years since the so, bird lived. I mean, there since was... I met it, it was already adult before I even right. was introduced to it. But, I mean, that shows you that— it... So, I mean, there were three transfers yep. of ownership here yep. with the bird. I yep. mean, it was—these are real commitments, and yes. I think maybe—I don't know if people realize that. I don't know if I really did. I mean, I knew they yep. lived a long time, but— 
you know, 40, 50 years. Right. I, I don't know if I realized that. Uh, well, we don't because most of us have cats or dogs and, you know, 10, 15 years. Is right. Probably include most of the lifespans for our, our dogs and cats. And, of course, we know that the pocket pets, the smaller pets, aren't going to live that long just with their size. So mm-hmm. it is a shock. So hopefully if you go to a pet store or a breeder that they would tell you, they really are tell you sure you, you want this and are you, instead of looking yeah. for a, make a buck, that they tell you that, you know, this is a long time uh, possession. Right. Now, maybe maybe people know a little bit about the turtles. Uh, there is the, the Galapagos tortoises that live, you know, 150, yep. 200 years old. Yep. That one, your your descendants are going to be taken care of. That if you get if you get a hold of one of those, you're going to be you have to your great 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 grandchild is going to be going to be watching out after that. Uh, all right, yeah, you actually brought up something that I I had written down here, kind of on that line. You said the turtle got brought in for salmonella, salmonella yeah. and you said reptiles sometimes get blamed for it. Uh, you said sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. Uh, but I had something written down here about contracting disease, contracting problems from our pets. I don't know if you saw this. There was a case of someone contracting Alaska pox from their dog. Uh, and we talked a little bit about someone who got the bubonic plague yep. from their cat. Yep. Yep. So my question was, I mean, is there, are there a co- common diseases that we should be aware of or you know, I don't want to say afraid of, or is it just something that's so rare that we shouldn't we shouldn't really take notice of it? I think for the most part, there really isn't too much to worry about. Anytime you talk about these public health diseases or zoonotic, rabies is the classic one. But, of mm-hmm. course, most people are very good at vaccinating their pets, and so rabies is not something we see. But I know one of my professors in school spent quite a bit of time in the Philippines and he saw a number of people die from rabies, that there were stray dogs, and they would bite really? the people because there was no prophylactic mm. vaccine programs or anything done. You know, the the dogs didn't really belong to anybody, and nobody took responsibility. And so that's kind of probably the most common or deadly because sure. I think four people have survived rabies that got bit. Is that something we do a little bit better here? Even if they're strays, there are programs that try to at least get them a, a yep. rabies shot? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know. any any pets that are rescued, they get the rabies pretty quickly, and they're even putting uh, bait with rabies vaccine in it, so it's taken orally by foxes or raccoons or skunks because those are big carriers in the wild, mm-hmm. even in the states. Right. The carry rabies. And now so, I know bats are also quite a carrier of it. Yes. Uh, is there anything we can do? Anything that you know of that gets I would done say with don't them? go in a cave. Don't go in a cave. The people that contracted it actually inhaled the virus. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's, and you you're not going to you're not you going to realize that. How can you even know? Yeah. So that yeah. that would be kind of scary. So I would, of course you know, would wear a mask or something if there were bats mm-hmm. in a particular cave. Now, uh, the plague, Alaska pox, these obviously are, you know, one in a billion. You're not going to get it very often. Is there something besides rabies that maybe does actually you go from pets to humans most often? Well, intestinal parasites are the are the big one. A lot of dogs and cats have a parasite called roundworms, mm-hmm. and that is something that kids basically from age 5 to 11 can get. Maybe part of it is just lack of personal hygiene, that they touch the dog all over, then put their hand in their mouth, and if they eat the eggs from the, that may be on the dog's body, they can get roundworms. Okay. And there have been so this a happens. number of cases, and in fact, supposedly, I guess rightfully so, 
we could be considered as a veterinarian malpractice if we don't tell somebody to have their pet checked. For roundworms. For roundworms. Is that how you prevent this most often? You just make sure the dog or the cat doesn't have roundworms? In the past, the most important was just take a stool sample. Uh, the dog will pass the eggs, which are microscopic, in the stool. So people bring in a stool sample. We look under the microscope, see the eggs. We go ahead and treat it. The good thing now is that most heartworm flea preventions have medications to go ahead and just take care of it. It will kill. If a pet, dog or cat has worms, mm-hmm. the prevention will actually go ahead and kill the, kill the worms. I mean, once again, with the... the those those medications for the artworms, right? right? It just feels like it's... Just, I can't say enough, but there's just you know <laughs> one of many examples you and I have talked about right. that it's just easier to prevent. Why wait till the pet gets worms? Especially with the rescue, you have no idea on a history. Mm-hmm. It, you know, so it's 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 a good right. idea. But rawworms is a fairly common thing that young kids can can get. So right. that that is uh, I actually have more concern to me. You know, rabies it's kind of fun to talk about and because it's so deadly and all that. But it doesn't, but really, some, doesn't really occur. Not, in, our, not, not in the Western not in, world. Yeah, not in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and then one other one, uh, I don't know how to say the name for it, but it's the one with pregnant women and Toxoplasmosis is the big fancy word. And I think people Pretty get afraid word. of that one, but yeah, I think we might have talked about this in the past. Is that really something to be afraid of? This is the one time, ladies, if you're listening... Have your husband clean the litter box, and then you don't have to worry about it. Well, okay. That's the easiest way. So that's sure. the best way to do it. Uh, I have checked a number of cats through the years that I've never had a mm-hmm. positive one, but kind of have seriously. The seriousness is where a cat may defecate in the sandbox or something like that, you know, outside, and you don't realize it, and then okay. you can contract it that way. In the good old days, people eating raw meat, sometimes they could get toxoplasmosis that way. Most people cook the meat. And so that's not as much of a problem. So it it was a concern for pregnant women, but uh, I I just don't not see so it much as a, now. As a pro- and you're problem. saying it's mostly in the litter, right? I know yeah. sometimes people even gotten rid of a cat. You know, oh, yeah. we can't live with the cat in the house while you you know you're pregnant. But is that that's too far? You don't need to do. I that. don't think so. I mean, it's easy for me to say being a guy, but if you handle your pet and wash your hands each time after you're done petting. And again, I was saying it kind of tongue in cheek, but you know, have the other half go ahead and clean the box because, of course, cleaning the box, you may have your hands or wear gloves or something of that sort right. when you when you clean the box. And just as long as you don't have any contact with the stool, you're you're perfectly fine. It seems like with that and with roundworm, a lot of these, it, you know, good hygiene. You know, if you're make just make sure you're washing your hands. Uh, and you won't get sick, yep. right? Same yep. with the flu, same with all these things. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break here. This is Annual Talk on the Big 550. The text line's open at 84126, or you can call in 314-931-5877. Talking all things dogs, cats, pets, anything you want to talk about or any questions you want to ask, go ahead and contact the station, 314-931-5877, or the text line 84126. This is Animal Talk. We'll be back in a minute. Animal Talk returns on the Big 550 KTRS. Here's Dr. Dan Lang. And we are back on Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Text line is open, 84126. And so is the phone line, 314-931-5877. That's 314-931-5877 for the phone line. Uh, now, we talked a little bit about... Uh, 
animals that are good for apartments, Dr. Lang, I did, I guess I did cut you off. There was one oh, more we needed to talk about. Well, the one I find interesting and I can relate <laughs> to a little bit is that for some reason they said monkeys were not a good pet to have in an apartment. But it I, makes I, sense I, right <laughs> off the bat, right? I think, I think maybe even if you have a house, I think monkeys probably yes, don't make a good yes. pet, right? But one of their – the article said like fulfillments that they like to wreck havoc and they like to destroy property. That kind of is in their genes. Sure. So, yeah, whether it's an apartment or not. Yeah, to but, me that sounds like I don't want it in the house yeah. either. Well, and again, we had talked about living long. I mean they probably live anywhere from 45 to 60 years wow. of age like a chimpanzee. And I did have one client. We did not treat the, the monkey, but I guess you know she got – Excited when she would show people the, the monkey that came into the animal hospital with its diapers. But to me, it was like having a two-year-old for 60 years. Oh. And I hope the kids were as excited as she was about the monkey <laughs> because she was she was starting to get up their age-wise a little bit at the, at the so time. So you're saying so, that at some point they would need to take care of the monkey. Most likely. As we said, you need to make arrangements for these kind of animals. And then the last couple, and this is just, again, kind of tongue-in-cheek, that they did not re- recommend pot pigs. Because so I was disappointed. because they get so big, though, right? Well, right? that's part of it, and part of it is that they burrow. And if you take look at our out in the woods, you can see. But they just like to put their snout right into the ground to get little bugs and grubs and that type of thing. Oh, so, so they can cause some damage, so to speak, to the yard. So the ground behind your house is all torn up. It it's has burrows in it. Yes, burrows yes. and burrows. Maybe I should plant corn or something. I don't know, but. Uh, that and then the last one was, and this is definitely a joke. I mean, they said do not get an armadillo as a pet. Oh. Well, I've not had much experience like everybody else. You occasionally see it on the highway or sure. something; it's not moving. But uh, they, the way the article said, they can only be kept outdoors. They're, they wouldn't do well, wouldn't inside. Do well inside. But I didn't. Okay. I didn't have any de- details. But I just wanted to pass on to everybody listening that. Armadillos are probably not high on the list either for. I for think it a makes pet. sense for a lot of these kind of, you know, um, I don't know if wild is the right word because any animal could be wild. But, yep. you know, the They've not armadillos, they're not domesticated, yep. right? You You're know, exactly I don't right. think it would be good as a pet. I don't think they, I don't know if they would like yep. its life as a pet. Well, Connor, the main thing that I've found through the years is some people like to be unique, they want to have mm. some pet. That, that no uh, one else has. Right. Sure. And in fact, I forgot to mention that reptiles was on the list of acceptable pets. And these are more, they said, geckos and bearded dragons. I know there are some bearded dragons in Indonesia that get to be 10 feet long, so I'm not mentioning those. And they even mentioned snakes, a corn king or milk snake Okay, for pets. I've got a buddy that loves to keep snakes and lizards, and uh, I, I don't really get it, but I, you know, yeah. he seems to well, like it, them. Well, it's their quiet, and, you know, again, I think if you invite people over it, People are intrigued. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, look at that. A snake or a gecko or something of that of sort. Of course, the only problem was that I once went over to his house and he said, everything's fine, but the snake is loose and I don't know where he is. <laughs> I said, all right, well, are we going to spend time here? We don't know where the snake time is. Time to go I, home. Let's go out. Let's not stay here. I don't want to be here where there's a snake on the loose. Uh, you mentioned how long-lived monkeys can be, right? And we've, you know, monkeys, uh, parrots, turtles, yep. for a long time. And it just made me think... You know, they're not that dissimilar in size from dogs and cats, right? So why do they live so much longer than dogs and cats? What is what's well, going on there? Well, I was going to teach you and say I'll do a little research, but I think that might take weeks or months to, to it, get it a good answer. It would be a answer, life's but, work to get a right, good it, answer, it's right? It's certainly a legitimate So is there, is there any conventional thinking, you know, that you, so the science out there thinks this might be a reason why, or is it just kind of the way it is? Yeah, I wish... I, 
I can't even give you a good smart aleck no. response to it. But okay. it, but it is seriously a very good good question. There's mm-hmm. something in their genetics that they live longer, sure. but I don't know the details how to to respond to mm-hmm. your good. Now we but we do know that they are living longer now than they were before. Yes. We're taking better care of them. Better nutrition. Uh, better nutrition, better you know, we hey, we're taking them into the vet. We're actually yep. getting, you know, fixing problems where maybe in the past well, you know, that would have just been the end of the life for the dog. Yep. Uh and we know that there's a series of old age problems that come with that that we don't necessarily we wouldn't have seen in the past. Uh and I, I know you said that Alzheimer's actually for dogs yep. is one of them. So I, I guess I wanted my question was what does that look like? Well, I, I wrote down a bunch of things because every so often somebody will come in and they have an older pet and they start talking about certain things like the pet will just pace constantly all through the house. Mm-hmm. I've had some that will get in a corner of the room and their head will just be facing the wall. Sure. Some of them will, will potty training is an issue. You know, they've been good their whole life and all of a sudden they're urinating or defecating in the in the house. Kind of just behavioral so, changes like right, that. Right, right. And some will, you know, be up all night. We're normally like us, you know, they get our cycle of sleep and being awake, but they do it in reverse. And so there's just a lot of changes. And so people with an older pet will come in, and uh, I can figure that that's probably the case. It is some kind of dementia. Cognitive dysfunction syndrome is the fancy word called CDS. And there's really no diagnosis. Sometimes an MRI will diagnose it, but um, it is not something we do simply in veterinary medicine. So there's not an easy way. So most of the time we go by clinical signs to try to do that. And, you know, like with the potty training, well, you you put a a diaper or something on them so they don't soil. It still requires work to clean the pet up and that type of thing, but easier Mm -hmm. than trying to clean up the environment. Sure. Uh, We have a caller that just called in. Uh, Dean, you're on the line on the Big 550. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, I'm curious. Uh, uh, what's what's your favorite big dog breed? And I got a I got uh, my daughter has some dogs and they keep chasing pickleballs all around. Anyway, <laughs> stop these dogs from. I mean, it's crazy. I know that weird. They won't leave the pickleballs alone. So what do you what do you what do you think about that? You just have to stop playing pickleball, Dean. That's the only no, only thing. No way. Or maybe you need to change the color of the pickleball. You know, we can't have those bright greens or pinks and that type of thing. So we'll just have to do a dull dull color of some sort. Actually, I'm not much of a large breed guy. I, um, I mean, I see a lot of shepherds, uh, Great Danes, Dobermans, but I just, uh, I like a dog that can sit in my lap. And I know Great Danes are famous for sitting in people's laps, but when you're 150 pounds and start getting older, it's, uh, it's a little difficult. All right. Well, I appreciate the show. You got a great show. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. All right. Take care, man. Bye. All right, bye. Now, with uh, the old breed or the large breed dogs. Uh, Lifespan's a little shorter. Do they yep. experience these problems earlier or sooner uh, than yes than the other breeds? sooner they do? But again, with the good nutrition, all we've talked about, animals are just living longer, and you know mm-hmm. we see more cancer, more heart disease, just things that people get as they get older. And so sure. another one is something's affecting the brain. Again, we don't have any better idea what precipitates it any more than the human doctors and researchers do for people, but it is a more common thing and it gets it's difficult because well do i have to euthanize my pet i mean how much can you put up when you have to clean up all Mm -hmm. day or the dog constantly paces or vocalizes it's not necessarily in pain or has any issues it's just very disoriented right and it it gets difficult for pet owners just like you know taking care of 
the elderly, it, it gets to be really hard on people. And so I think sometimes that's the biggest thing. There are some things we can try to do to help alleviate a little bit. But again, when you don't know what precipitates, it's kind of hard to yeah. treat something. I mean, is there is there anything that we can do to help them out here? Uh, or is it kind of just something you need to treat the uh, the symptoms as they come, I guess? Well, I, we may have mentioned before, one thing to consider is there are some dog foods that uh, seem to help with this cognitive dysfunction. We call it doggy dementia, Alzheimer's, any of those. And one is made by Purina. It's called NeuroCare. And the other one is by Hill's Science Diet called B is in boy, D is in dog, B-D. And they feel like there's some help with those to mm. kind of slow the process down a little bit. I've had a few people say that they thought it did help, but it's kind of hard to judge. It's not sure. a very... Uh, objective thing to decide it's more subjective that you have to decide and maybe it's placebo that they're hoping the dog is better but right. maybe maybe it is there are some medications one is called anapril a-n-i-p-r-y-l it in the past we use it for treating adrenal gland problem called cushing's or hyperadrenal corticism and they found out that some of the animals that were on this medication for the adrenal gland problems it seemed to help them with dementia or senility and the FDA has approved this particular drug. Mm-hmm. So it is something. And there are other kind of supplements, but I always take it with a grain of salt on other supplements, how much they would help. But there are supplements available as well for dogs and cats that may help with senility. Well, and, you know, it's like you always say, uh, they can't talk to us, so it's even harder to, to you know see how much this is helping, right? Yeah. Uh, Yep. You just have to kind of go by good observation or you know something's not right when your pet's with you every day. You know when there's starting to be a change or whatever sure. change you see progressively gets worse as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I actually had something written down uh, kind of on in this in this uh, topic a little bit, but uh, not to make light of it, but there was a story about uh, about how some people uh, after their, their pet passes are freeze-drying the pet and you know, keeping the pet uh, around, I guess. Yes. Uh, and I know some people have done taxidermy, I guess, to, yes. you know, stuff the pet. Yes. Uh, you know, how is that kind of, uh, I guess, behaviors around uh, the end of the life stuff for the pets? Has the, How has that changed over your uh, experience as a vet, right? Is that, does that happen more now than it used to, or did it, has it always been around? You mean the procedures you talked about after Just the pet passes of, away? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I, I think it's getting more common because a lot of people live by themselves. I think there is a stronger bond because the pet is with you all day in the house for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so they want to find ways to kind of preserve the, the animal. I get I have mixed feelings. That seems kind of creepy to me a little bit. Sure. But, I, I, um, I, think I know I a lot of people have their pets cremated and they still have the ashes. I mean, is it that much different than the ash in an urn or a box or something like that? But I guess mm-hmm. it just makes a lot of people feel better. They have the remains close to them. Sure. And, and, you know, is that not to say that people didn't care about their pets, you know, 34 years ago or whatever, but did you see that back then or was that just, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have ever seen it? You know, I, sometimes pet people, you know, use a pet cemetery for their mm-hmm. pets. Again, it's maybe a little different, but they're taking the time and the expense to to bury the pet right. so that you know there's more of attachment. But, yes, it's definitely changed with our bonds. And maybe with two salaries nowadays from husband and wife, 
maybe people have a little bit more money to spend, and so they're willing to do that. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, how things change uh, from back in the day to now, you know, it's something we, we dig into a lot on this show. Uh, you've got a lot of experience with that. Not going to say how many years, of course, uh, out of respect. Too late. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll take another quick break here. Animal Talk on the Big Five. Fifty-eight four one two six is the text line. 314-931-5877 is the phone line. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550. We'll be back in a minute. In the year of the Dr. Dan Lang wants to talk domestic animals with you. <laughs> this is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS with Dr. Dan Lang. I'm Connor McCarthy here with you on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And we had a couple texts come in during the break, Dr. Wang. Uh, the first one, I have a very large vegetable garden in my new cat who is named Crash. Uh, I know you always talk about pet names. I, I like Crash. I think I don't know if I've you heard that You can picture one. it. Yes. My new cat, Crash, is always in the backyard with me. What vegetables should I be aware of that could be dangerous to him? Are there anything out there that might be a problem? I know there are some flowers, right, for cats that you need to be wary of. Yeah, if she could, I don't know if she could text back and tell me kind of what vegetables she's planting or that type of thing. But nothing mm-hmm. really hits me over the head. That There's no immediate problems. Um, onions would be a problem, but I wouldn't think cats would eat very much much of that. Mm. Do they get sick when they eat the onions? or what is... Supposedly it causes anemia. It it damages the red blood cells oh. if they eat enough of the onion. But uh, carrots, green beans, I mean, a lot of those are what we recommend, especially for dogs, to give right. us treats because they're just less less calories. Yeah, so. you, you might want them to stop eating the the, the plants, but that's because yeah. you, you want to you harvest them and not uh, necessarily that they're dangerous. Uh, you know, peppers, is there anything like that that you – know, yeah. would they just stay away from them on their own, right? They don't like – they won't like – Yeah, the, they, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about with a garden and mm-hmm. a cat or or dog. I was thinking spinach is not a problem, broccoli, cauliflower, corn, any, any of those are – Nothing not springs to mind. So, as so a, it's a as good a, question. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a little more thinking because a lot of times I was, as I go home, I start thinking of stuff that maybe I'd mentioned. But I'll just make a note. But a mm-hmm. uh, quick answer is I do not see any – Sure. That's in the vegetable garden. Uh, I do know for cats, right? Lilies. That's a big. That's yes. a big problem, right? So if they're going to plant flowers, right? Lilies are, you know, no go if you have a cat that's going to be outside. Uh, what it, is it? Like chocolate with dogs? Is it that level of problem, or is it, it affects their kidneys? So they'll go on sudden kidney failure if they get enough of the plant. So it's so it's a pretty, a pretty big serious. Problem. Yeah, it, a it is a serious. I've had a few people come in, and uh, we just would flush them with fluids to kind of flush any potential toxins out of the body. And, you know, the few cases I've seen, not not had an issue, but okay. it is something certainly to consider if you have an outdoor cat. All right. Uh, and the other text that came in, uh, I have a 10, for this is from a different person, I have a 10-year-old cat, started thyroid medicine. Uh, it has an elevated liver enzymes. Vet wants to do an ultrasound uh, but they mentioned uh, the price of maybe a blood draw and ultrasound, uh, and it's quite expensive. They just want, their their question is what could be wrong based off of what what that. Uh, what I don't remember you. all the physiology, but I can safely tell you that if you control the hyperthyroidism, the liver enzymes will go down. You don't. You, my opinion, you do not have to do any kind of 
work on the liver. The liver is not the issue. It's secondary to the thyroid. But I remember hyperthyroidism is the most common hormone issue that we see. And I have seen a lot of cats in the blood work that have the elevated thyroid and also have elevated liver enzymes. Mm -hmm. And I don't see any need to pursue that. Okay. Uh, The gardener uh, texted back in, uh, any herbs, basil, thyme, those kind of things. That's a good question. I, I do not see... Any issues with that as well? Okay. None that spring to mind. Uh, maybe plant a little cat grass, though. Maybe the cat will be focused on that. If you're worried about them eating, eating your uh, herbs and, and vegetables, right? They'll just be planting the cat grass. Uh, it, you know, it is, it is getting warmer. It's getting nicer. This person is gardening already, clearly. Uh, I had a question here. As the weather gets nicer, more and more people will be going outside, going outside with their dogs. It felt like a good time to talk about socializing the dogs. Maybe you got the dog in winter and you didn't really take it outside. Or if you did, you're not going to a dog park where there's a million other dogs. You know, what should people do or what should people know about going through this process, Dr. Lang? Well, you maybe at this period of time, you kind of have a judge how, you know, is the dog get nervous when other people come to the house, like during the holidays? Mm-hmm. And if they're kind of timid, then I'd be a little bit more careful instead of just throw them at the dog park. You know, maybe take them for a walk and just see if other animals are nearby, how the animal responds. And Mm -hmm. just give them some positive reinforcement if they behave normally and seem interested in the other pet, then just to try to encourage it. But, yeah, this is a good time of year when we all get out to have the pets get around other -hmm. other animals. And you've talked about how important it is uh, for dogs to actually do this and – I can't remember her name, but nuts about mutts. We have the, the Jody Epstein. Jody Epstein. We had the dog behaviorist and trainer in last week. She yep. was talking about how important it was to kind of to to do that. You know, it's not you know you can't you can't skip out on it. You got to interact. The dogs need to interact with other dogs, other people to learn how to behave. Um, and it gives them some fulfillment. It stimulates them a little bit too. You know, we just assume that. They don't need that. They can just sit in the house all day, but they do need some kind of interaction. And I think it does help to have a different type of person or animal that mm-hmm. they interact with as, as well. So I think it's it's a win-win for, for everybody, and it probably helps the other pets as well to see another four-legged it's a, it's creature. It's a win-win. And yep. at, at one point you did mention that you and other vets uh, had seen a lot of dogs that were not socialized, right? Uh, this was during the pandemic, yep. probably, yep. You know, COVID dogs. Uh, are you still seeing that trend? Are you hearing that that's what other people are seeing? Or is it maybe back to more business Whatever as normal is. It, yeah, more I, normal. It is more normal. Yeah, I, I think the pets have been out enough since the epidemic that they've socialized. So, you know, maybe there's some that have rescued that have not had any contact with people or animals, and that may be more of a challenge, but... Secondary to the mm-hmm. epidemic, I think we're past the social problems with mm-hmm. with animals. And, and we've talked about today about us getting sick from our dogs. Is you know, what can they get sick from each other if they're going to start you know milling about with the other dogs, going up, interacting with them? Should we be aware of anything? Is it just the coughs, the the kennel cough kind of diseases? As long as you know, make sure your dog's caught up on those. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was thinking about it as you were bringing it up earlier in our conversation. The dogs getting out, it'd be a good idea to make sure they're vaccinated because with any kind of respiratory disease like people with our colds and everything, often the the virus or bacteria gets in the air and there's not much you can do about it. But mm-hmm. if they're vaccinated for it, of course you're going to prevent the disease. So. 
I just would recommend uh, have all the vaccinations up to date. You know, have a stool sample check, make sure there's not any intestinal parasites or anything like that. Because as we all know, dogs just love to check out the other animal's property. Yeah, yeah. So, and what is um, that? What is why? Why do they do that? Well, I I truly think that the anal glands get on there, and that anal gland is a scent. But maybe there's some unique smell to the stool as well. But seriously, I think that the unique smell to the anal gland attracts the dogs. I had always heard it's like they're shaking hands, uh, like they're introducing each other. Is that? I think that's that close uh, enough. I don't want to think about it too much if you're okay. But I is that close (laughs) enough though? They're introducing each other. I think that's a good. They're learning about who the dog is. Right. (laughs) That's what I got told. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I was crazy. Uh, In the last couple minutes here, Doctor Wang, uh, anything else you want to go over here, or any updates on the book? Nope, just plugging along as usual. I've. um, I've had some suggestions. Some of my relatives were over this past week or so, and they recommended getting to a book club or something like that mm-hmm. and talk to other people uh, that are writing books and you know, I was gonna get ask, their feedback. Have you like talked that, to so. anyone about writing a book? Have you, you I haven't. I've just been kind of hiding blind. in the office there with, you know, the. I mean, I know we've had uh, a lot of nice days in the winter, but it just seems like it's a little bit more dark and mm-hmm. cozy just to be inside. And so I've just kind of more been doing a lot more writing just at, sure. at the house and having interactive. But now that it's getting. Warmer. You know, well, now I you can I'm, write outside, right? Exactly. There you can go outside and write. Uh, or, uh, well, keep an eye if there's any foxes or, you know, make sure the pigs aren't getting in trouble. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to do a lot more work if I go outside. So, well, have you thought about dictating your thoughts while you're while you're doing the work? Right. You get a recorder. You record yourself while you're writing. Uh, maybe just just food for thought here. Maybe that would. I help. appreciate that because you do need to you need to do the chores, Doctor Lang. You need to do the chores. Uh, <laughs> I had a question asked to me this week uh, that I thought we could bring up in the last couple of minutes. Sure. And we've talked about this a lot before, but it's about uh, dental hygiene for specifically for cats. I think we've talked more about it for dogs. You know, do they need to do anything for the cat? Do they need to brush the teeth? We've talked uh, quite a bit for dogs, obviously, and the answer is yes, you do, but you're probably not going to, right? Because uh, you need to do it almost every day. Uh, for cats, is it much the same? Is there are, they, are their teeth more resilient for some reason? No, they they have the same periodontal disease or infection that could spread elsewhere in the body. But they're even more of a challenge. I mean, a lot of times the dogs, you know, if you give them dental chews to kind of break off some of the plaque or tartar buildup, that will help. But a lot of times the cats just don't go for the cat treats mm-hmm. as well. They just don't like something brand new. We have components you can add to the water, and when they drink, it coats the teeth, slows the process down. A lot of cats go, I don't think so. Well, so hey, it gets more don't difficult. A lot of the cat, they're going to be drinking our tap water, right? Doesn't that have a little fluoride in it? Does that help at all or, uh, versus the, the spring water? Well, the fluoride water? helps with cavities, but animals in general do not have problems with cavities. Oh, it's they more have a different problem. Infection. Right, that's exactly it. They okay. have a different problem. So it doesn't hurt to have the fluoride, but it doesn't help to prevent plaque from building up and getting gum infection and that that type of thing. Of course, I thought you were maybe alluding that, you know, the cat will eat that dirty, muddy water outside but won't eat the clean water even though you added a little (laughs) dental supplement of some sort. You always say you can't get the cats to do anything you want them to do, right? They're going to do whatever whatever they feel like. But we do have some moderate success. There are foods for both dogs and cats that have a certain texture, and it's like a squeegee. Every time the tooth goes into the food, it does kind of pull a little bit of the tartar or plaque. So people may want to consider a dental food for cats. Or 
you know, I know it can hit the pocketbook a little bit that, you know, once a year or every other year you have the teeth cleaned. Just sedate like, you know, okay. and then under the anesthesia. Because they're not going to like it. No, nope, they, they're, 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 they're not going to let you do it not, awake. Yeah. And you just get under the gums and just really clean the teeth. And, again, I know it adds up, but that's one of the best things you can do to prevent infection from spreading the rest of the so body. So brushing the teeth just right out. You shouldn't. You know, unless they're really agreeable to it, it's just not going to happen. Well, you can you can certainly try it, but I just think unless you get a kitten and start it right away, putting the finger in its mouth or putting some uh, kind of baking soda and water paste just to get them used mm-hmm. to having something on your finger, it's probably going to be pretty hard they're to not, do. They're not going to like it. They're just not that cooperative, and it takes a little bit of time, and cats just don't have a great attention span or tolerance having something in their mouth. Right. For you know, it's long, hard so. for dogs. It's harder it's for even cats. Harder for cats right? yeah. it's, they, don't, just, they want to do it even less. I want to do it my way, and my way means get that goddamn finger out of my mouth. So mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, so they don't really have a problem with cavities, dogs and cats? That's they do not. not. Uh, in general, they do not. So what? Ha- why do they ever need a teeth pull, right? I know that sometimes needs to happen. It's because it'll the infection will start to eat away at the root of the tooth. It will damage the fibers that hold the tooth to the gum line oh so it just damages the the tooth and eventually if if it gets loose enough it'll fall out on its own or if we're doing the teeth cleaning and we see that it's moving around we'll just go ahead and extract it at the the time but it's it's more just periodontal disease infection that's that's and can these uh you know how important is it can this spread through the rest of the body can it cause whole body problems or is it just localized the the reason we i Ideally, be aggressive is that bacteria can get into the heart valves and it can get kidneys. And I'm a firm believer that kidney disease, next to cancer in cats, is because of infection gets to the kidneys. So, it, oh. you know, they would live longer if you have your teeth clean, but it's just hard to talk people into doing when the cat seems perfectly fine mm-hmm. to spend a, a hunk of money on um, on cleaning it. But cleaning. It doesn't doesn't get its value. It's, it seems it's really like a important. lot of time as a vet is convincing people to get something done. You know, you need to get the shots. You need to brush the teeth. You need to. Do yeah, and fix. it's hard to do because I I know people think, well, we're just in it for the money, but that's not the case. Studies just show a cleaner mouth does a lot better. And I'm sure that's what your dentist will tell you if you yep. when you go check in there. So why would it be any different? for your pets indeed this has been another edition of animal talk on the big 550 ktrs we'll be back again next week we're getting bumped for missouri valley basketball so we'll be on at a different time and i'm sure we'll update you along the way about what time that is this has been another edition of animal talk on the big 550 ktrs bye everybody the views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.